Welcome back to Recruiters Insights. This is a podcast made by recruiters to give you some insights. Today, we are going to talk about the challenges that we face and the skills that we learn while navigating the communications with difficult clients. Yeah, so today we are going to rent a bit more as comparing to our previous episodes. Yeah, it's a renting session. Yeah, then... I'm making this a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, this is the first time we four are back together. Oh yeah, in such right. a long yeah, time. Yeah, actually it is, yes. Oh. Yeah, so hopefully today we'll give you some very good insight of our jobs. Yeah, so actually... I think as we mentioned in previous episodes before, our job actually consists of different parts of different stages. Then the, a lot of negotiations come in in the salary negotiation part, whereby you need to ask for us as a external recruiters, we need to deal with a candidate's point of view and also need to deal with client's point of view and try to make a conversation work. Where this is a part, everything can be a deal breaker. And everything could just turn an offer down and all your efforts has gone. Yeah, I think that's the worst part. <laughs> all your effort is wasted. So yeah, today I think we're going to talk about uh, <laughs> difficult clients. <laughs> when I think of difficult clients, I'm already tired. <laughs> yes, so tiring. So tiring. And... Usually, okay, the challenges would normally be because clients pay us a fee, right, for us to do the job. And whenever there's an issue, us as a middle person, we need to make sure that the communication between the two parties is, um, is communicated clearly. And at, this, at one point, sometimes clients will put all the blame on you lah, or all the pressure on you without, <clears throat> without saying that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm working together with you to solve uh, this issue so that we can successfully bring this candidate in mm-hmm. yeah so this will be a very challenging and tiring part because if the client if the client works really well in partnership with you then you feel like at least oh let's do this together yeah and, yeah yeah and let's solve this lah whether it's a salary issues because these days candidates are very choosy it's the candidates market right now yes exactly yeah so yeah, one thing that we hope will make our work easier would be client treating us as a business partner rather than, I don't know, more administrative, I guess. Yeah, I think a lot of clients, I mean, in our job, our clients depend on us a lot and also our candidates also depend on us to get them the right job. Clients depend on us to close the uh-huh. vacancy. So it it's very, very... Like, the responsibility is on us. Uh, uh-huh. And so, in that sense, we... But we are working towards the same goal, right? At the end of the day. But sometimes the challenge comes from how the client treats us. Um, mm-hmm. We don't yeah. get clients who uh, work with us in that sense. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we are working towards the same goal. But a lot of our clients kind of like, you know, serve me. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. you have to fill this role. I give you this assignment. You got to complete the assignment. Uh, so that's where it it becomes very challenging because all your communication with them is just 
any updates any updates and then if you have like then once you update or you give them someone that's not so ideal then you can lah Mm. Yeah, and it's not more of a collaborative approach. <laughs> Very much a transactional. Yes, exactly. I yeah. think how much of the experience that you had, you work with like very cooperative uh, HR? Mm, not a lot, but whenever there is, uh, I think we will feel even more motivated to want to solve the issues. Yeah. yeah. Like when they are very when clients are a bit more understanding, like mm. they are they are open to listen to what we are presenting to them. Like, mm. cause we talk to candidate right, and candidate would not tell the client their real opinion or their real concerns. And sometimes they go through us, and we as a middle person, we will probe, like a counselor, right? Like you probe, and then you try to understand. Okay, what are you? Mm-hmm. What are your concerns? Like, mm-hmm. what do you really want to make this work? And sometimes when we share that with the client. If the client is being very responsive and understanding, they'll say, oh, let me do something or let me talk to my boss and see if we can come up with something and meet in the middle ground. Mm. I think at this stage, it's usually at the salary negotiation part already where candidate is asking for maybe an X amount and then it's maybe already at the max budget and clients say, you know, maybe there are certain ways, other ways they can go about Mm, yeah, about yeah, yeah. compensating the candidate. Lah. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be just the basic Mm. Uh, whereas like if the cli- client side they are a bit more understanding and say that you know okay we heard you we hear you and then we will do something about it I think that makes it fun or mm. exciting mm. it is when the, when the client come back and say no I don't care you do the search again yeah. Yeah. Like, any more candidates <laughs> yeah, any more candidates it's okay we can lose this candidate. Yeah. Wow. And I think a lot of times client at least the people that we deal with sometimes they are very defensive um, as in they want to defend their company a lot, which I, I get, but mm. that makes you not look at things from the candidate's perspective. When candidate has an issue, when you're trying to negotiate, you're like, no, our company is very good. What? Our benefits very good. What? You know? Yeah. Yes. The yes, one-sided yes, yes. one. Yeah, you can't see things from the company's perspective. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, we are the neutral party, right? Um, but a lot of times because we're the middle people we want to safeguard our clients' interests we want to safeguard the candidates' interests but we also have to use logic and facts sometimes our clients cannot see the facts because they're very emotional actually yes exactly correct correct I I believe so as well but then uh, compared to me my experience I really have like very good experience with the clients. Uh, I never really had the experience that you guys just mentioned. Earlier. <laughs> the only thing I would say is just the communication-wise. Like, let's just mm. say they have a role that has been open for, for a few weeks. And once you have put in the effort and find them suitable candidates, let's just say two, three candidates uh, for them and you send over the CV and then they come to us and say that um, the role has been freezed or like they pause hiring or anything like that. So it feels like the effort that you put in was such a waste rather than them telling us like, you know, if you already like pause hiring or anything like that, this communication is what I expect from them as mm. well. Mm. Other than me following up with them, they can also let me know as well. Like at least mm. a two-way, com- two-way communication rather than yes. you keep updating them. At yeah. least they can also update you if there is any changes so that mm. you don't correct, have to continue working on a role if it's closed. <laughs> is there any way that we can ask them for an update? No, I think <laughs> you need to constantly follow up with them. Sometimes yeah. they also cannot reveal a lot of things to you. La. Like if it's on hold or freezing but not sure, internal things, they cannot tell you yet. 
Yeah. But I would rather them like tell me, okay, there's something going on internally, hence it's on hold, rather than ignoring my messages when I try correct, to call, yeah. not to answer, you know, like, mm. hey, but I've already started talking to candidates, like any mm. updates, do I still need to continue or how do I then update my candidate side, right? When I told yeah, them that yeah. there is an opportunity. Yep. So All these right. are the... Yeah, I really say eh? actually when I do IT roles, I don't really have much issues with the HR person. Eh? Mm-hmm. But when I do my current some of the engineering roles, actually I sometimes I couldn't get the clients or sometimes I just the clients refuse to discuss. Ah, uh, because I think so IT more on like um they'll look at the skills, the skill set and all, it fits, it fits. Mm-hmm. And they have an assessment to see how well they are in the skills they have mentioned before. La. So I think it's a very clear cut. Thing whereby mm. they can say yes or no, or mm. if they can like actually come to terms, uh, find a common ground. Actually, mm. Mm. I think another things, another interesting thing to engineering field is like, I think some quite a lot of engineering companies are very China men, so they emphasize loyalty oh. a lot, and so they emphasize locally their, owned type, uh, huh? locally owned companies, uh, locally owned type, like also, country who build up the business yeah, from yeah, scratch. Yeah. The business owner build all the business like that. Yeah, then yeah, then some of them like they are very proud of their company. But sometimes I do get that like, you are a very big company, but the candidate sometimes I give you is like either in the, from a bigger company or bigger uh, or a higher position or like greater achievements, that kind of things. So it's hard for me to try to promote your company because I know your company is good, but sometimes it's like, hello, you see your, what kind of company it's from. <laughs> your salary, your benchmarking all yeah. lower compared to us. It's not so as competitive. La. Yeah, it's not as competitive. It's not, it's not, as, not that attractive also. Yeah. Then you kind of like expect me, it's like, hello, our company is good. Yeah. yeah. It's like, huh? How? I, like, I there's mean, no selling point. There's no selling point. So, yeah. Then there's like, uh, maybe like I can send, I can give you this kind of information. Then maybe either like uh benefits or other kind of like uh salary, then kind of things. Then maybe you can do some review lah. Then say no, we don't want to discuss anymore. Then please find another people. Please find another person. I was like, wow. As if it's so hard to easy to find do. another person. Yeah, they rather to wait to find another person. I really probably that person is really good, but they refuse to kind of like review their applications or review mm. their salary package, the kind of thing. Have you all ever had uh, clients who have raised their voice with you or like shouted at you? Mm, not from my experience, but I have candidates shouted at me before, but not clients. I have, have had you? clients shout at me before, actually. Oh, I think I was with you yeah, that time. Yeah, was with me and I was like, Wow, it's kind of Tell us your um, I think this situation, I can't remember the exact details. I think it's too traumatic. But um, I remember. I still remember. Yeah. Okay. So basically, I think it's part of the candidate thought because uh, the candidate thought uh, he only got two months notice period. Then he signed the offer letter already, then everything. Then suddenly, he te- one day he texted me, Hey, Shukhan, I realized actually have three months notice instead of two months notice. Yeah, so this kind of was the candidate's fault. But then he, I think something about he didn't have the information in black and white or something. Only when he checked with uh, HR, when he was tendering resignation, then they told him something like that. Anyway, uh, so it was 
then we had to go and update the client. Like client, you know, this thing happened. We need to amend the start date. And we apologize on candidate's behalf that candidate already tried to negotiate with HR, with his former superior, I mean, with his superior and everything. But wasn't, I mean, he tried his best already lah. And client is pushing us to ask him to try. And I think at one point, she just kind of raised her voice because she didn't want to do the administrative work. Yeah. Yeah, because she has to go through a lot of layers of approval. So she was raising voice at that point. I got shocked. It's like, whoa. I was quite shocked. So it's like, huh? (laughs) What happened? Yeah, so that that is one thing that happened. And that particular client is quite tough. We've dealt with them with a lot of roles and um, similar administrative concerns from this client will come up. And then, you know, this client will not be happy. So a lot of issues. Oh, I think also, like, I think also we try to push their side quite a lot of times. Eh? I think even yeah. from my case, even from my case, I push her back quite a lot of times. No, mm. sorry, I push the HR back quite a lot of times. But do you think that's that's the reason why she? I think they kind of like get annoyed by us. Exploded. Exploded. Is a contributor, I guess. Different situations, like yeah, but but Andrea, like, uh, how did you overcome it? Like after going through that, oh, I cried lah. <laughs> but no, how did I overcome it? Uh? Mm. actually, you know, fine. She raised the voice, everything. Mm. And I said, okay, let me try one more time with the candidate. Let me just try one more time and see whether he can do anything about it. And then I'll let you know. Yeah, uh, and you know, if you really cannot, then we will update you lah. Um, so that's what we did we did uh, speak to the candidate again and just confirm everything unfortunately it really cannot be done so then we dropped her an email this time to apologize and to explain the situation very clearly just stated the facts and give a point of action this is what you need to do um, you know really sorry please proceed to change the start date and get an amend, uh, addendum uh, amendment letter then for him to sign. Mm. So we just had to... She memang was, I guess, stressed or unhappy and so she let it out. Mm. So I gave mm. myself that space to be upset about mm. it. Mm. And after that, okay, never mind. Let's look at it factually. There's nothing we can do. It is not our fault. Um, we just have to tell the client as it is. Mm. Mm. I yeah, see, I, I see. One of our... One of the tough parts of our job actually is like sometimes we need to handle quite a lot of people's emotions also. Yes. Although, I think the challenging part is the handling emotions. Yeah. Handling their emotions or your emotions? Handling their emotions and their emotions affect, affect our emotions. Our emotions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a full circle. Yeah. Then sometimes they say, no, we do our jobs professionally, but in that point of time actually we all understand you are emotional whether it's through like a phone chat or through to whatsapp messages i think we can all sense that emotions when we are dealing or tackling difficult situations uh, with candidate just to bring the candidate on board mm. and that will affect us emotionally as well what is the ways that you kind of like handle this situation like, how do we handle difficult clients? Uh? Like, how do you handle either clients... Okay, let's talk about, like, how do you handle clients' emotions? Or do you even handle clients' emotions? Mm, okay, recently I have this case where um, they offered my candidate, but upon looking at the offer and the overall benefits and 
salary, right? My candidate said that, you know, I don't really get a lot of increment. My current company has even better benefits. And then I asked the guy, so what do you want? Like, so that I can go back to client, right? And at least try to request something. So I alerted client through uh, text. I said, hey, are you free to talk? I want to talk to you regarding this candidate. Uh, and then the next question she asked, so does he have any issues with the offer? I said, uh, yes, we can talk later. And then she started already. It's like, why are we going to talk again? I thought he's going to accept the offer and then move on because we already gave him what he expected. But I said, hold on. Yes, it's not a, it's not a negative news that I'm going to talk to you later. The good thing is, candidate is very interested. It's just that he wants something more apart from his basic salary because upon comparing uh, basic and benefits and overall package, uh, he get he got less than 10% increment. Mm. And he's like, I'm happy to do this job. I want to do this job. I'm ready to step into this role. Mm. But I do want to get something a little bit more uh, to make me feel mm. like, okay, it's at least worth it yeah. to move on to join the company. So I think at that point, I was emotional. I think before managing clients' emotion, I had to manage my own emotion first. I'm like, think logical. Mm. Don't be emotionally involved. Uh, think of your action point and your facts. <laughs> then yeah. you tackle your client. I think before before handle their handling their emotions. I need to, I need to prepare handle, myself first. I need to handle my own emotions. <laughs> then after that, what happened? After that, also when I say okay, no worries, it's a good thing. Uh, my client kept replying messages lah. Cause she told me that she's not free to talk. But she had time to re- keep replying me. Like, <laughs> she has a point uh, trying to justify why already gave him what he wanted, blah, 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 blah. Then eventually, she stopped texting and said, okay, fine, I'll talk to you later. So, maybe because I've already prepared her over a text telling mm. her that he's happy but we just need to do something to make him happier to join mm. the company. Mm-hmm. So, she was a little bit more calm, understanding and she was able to listen. Mm. So, yeah, it was part of managing client's emotion uh. mm. was it difficult and tough yes emotionally very draining <laughs> what about your experience do you guys have any experience recently where you have to manage client's I have, emotion i have one client you know you all know who lah. yeah that that client is like every time before i talk to the person i need to Brief in, brief out, brief in, brief out, and do a huge tons of emotion pre- emotional preparation. But I feel like those kind of emotional preparation I did actually is kind of like prepare that the person will shoot me gao gao. It's like boom, 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 boom. Can you do this? I say, yes, yes, I can. Yes, no problem. Like you need to wear your bullet first. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. It's not even bullet. It's like the, what's that called? Your, the, the 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 clothes that can block the bullet uh. the the bulletproof bulletproof uh, vest I need to I need to wear the bulletproof vest I need to build out my bulletproof vest like, okay I can do this then I go then I come back and die like that uh. <laughs> oh oh I forgot one thing now we have to prepare ourselves emotionally in order to manage clients emotion but after that we also have post emotional management <laughs> of ourselves. <laughs> We all need therapy. Yeah. So. Then, then it's like, then, uh, then I think during that time, that negotiation is still okay because uh, our boss joined us, joined me during the uh, discussion. 
Then she's like, boom, 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 boom. But I think one good thing about our boss did is like, she straight away said, I'll say, hello, I'm only the middle person. I'm trying to deliver a message. You are the one that made your decision. Wow, boss. Like, wow, love it. <laughs> and you learn this. And I think good thing about, I feel like sometimes it's really good if, let's say, we can step into the assignment or talk to the client with another boss or another person. I feel like it gives another <laughs> protective layer of yeah. perspective. Yeah. You know, so it's like, hey, we are all logical, you see? We can hear from person A point of view and person B point of view. Now it makes more sense. Yeah. Then, yeah, that's one thing. But it's like, I need to do a lot of mental preparation before I talk to the person. Then... How but you... at the end, we still couldn't secure the person. Then you mind, let's move on. Then I have another one. I handled myself because that person suddenly caught me while oh, I'm no. on the way that's to me. office. Heart attack one. Oh, very heart attack. Then it's like, then I ask the person, is like, hello, can I talk to you later? I'm on the way to office. Then I can, I can, I we can discuss better lah. when I have my laptop. Then the person keep talking, 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 talking keep asking, asking. Then it's like, Hello, I'm really on the way. Then maybe I try to hold my breath. Like, Hello, I'm really on the way. Can we talk <laughs> the later? The person don't understand English. Yeah, I, I really don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking, talking, talking. Like, what a damn man. I should have parked at the road. I should open my laptop. I talk to her. Talk to, talk to the person. Then I talk, 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 talk. But the whole conversation, I was like, I keep retreating. I was like, yeah, this way cannot. Yeah, that way cannot. Then I try to keep a lot of ways. I think negotiation part is the most difficult part. It's because you... It's too, it's kind of like aligning things, you know. It's like, it comes and go, comes and go, comes and goes. And every kind of the, every single word or every single line or every single sentence could be the points whereby you lose the point. You lose the negotiation mm, power. And yeah. slowly and slowly. So you need to find which kind of the negotiation, which kind of the you sentence you can put it in. You need in. a lot of templates. Like, okay, not working. <laughs> yeah, you need to have a lot of templates. <laughs> Like, hello, why this person asking this? I like, know lah, you know, like uh this kind of increment really is not that attractive lah. Then you know if a better increment, then we can secure the person better, blah, blah then okay, that's I use already. Then here the new one is like ah, it's a whole new thing. I have never prepared before, then you come out at the, at that spot, it's like it's very challenging and it's very mm. mind draining. It is. Yeah. Yeah, mentally draining. Then suddenly then after I keep retreating, keep retreating, then he suddenly come out, then the person suddenly come out, it's like, it's not like I cannot add a little bit more budget, it's like, hey, if you can add that, I can try to negotiate, it's like, finally, I was in the conversation, finally, I stepped in the conversation, yes, I can lead this part now, it's like, okay, but it takes about, I think, 20 to 30 minutes conversation. I think recruiters always need therapy, (laughs) hurry, please help us. (laughs) (laughs) Will do. Actually, I think um, with salary negotiation, some clients don't actually want to negotiate, but they don't tell you that it's a final offer. They just, okay, this is the offer. And then you talk to a candidate, candidate wants to negotiate, you go back. I mean, I've had this experience before. Client didn't say it's the final offer. We went back to candidate, can, and then candidate wanted to negotiate up. We went back to client, and client was super angry. What? This is a very good one already. I cannot already. No more. Full stop. <laughs> and that's where you're like, uh, <laughs> why you close the door like that? Then what's the point of salary negotiation? I guess they, like some clients are not very clear. And then the ones that are clear, like this is the final offer. That's like, I give you this thing 
and like you have no choice either take it or leave it then it's like it makes me feel like actually do you really want this person or not like you have no it's like you're not really sincere you're just like this is it um i don't even want to make it work if you don't want to yeah so that's what i always have to if we're talking about skills gain right i always think okay we have to try and make this work we have to tell client client we want to make this work candidate wants this the reason is this Mm. um and then try to like tell them like i'm on your side actually i want to close this role you also want to close this role i'm trying to help you i'm trying to help the candidate like you know um i think a lot of clients actually don't understand like we want to help them like of course we want to close the deal but i want to close this deal for you you know like since you passed this assignment to me already i want to close this door for you yeah i want to close this deal for you then if you shut the door it's like hello then I don't feel like you want to close this deal that eagerly. Yeah, like, are you, do you actually want to close this deal? Is this really urgent because it's been tough and when we presented the right candidate, you just shut it down like that, right? Or don't really take, in, take our opinions or our consideration. But do you feel like sometimes the client side also don't have power to say anything? Yeah. Yes. Sometimes. Especially if they are not the decision maker. Or the person paying the money, or the person that can decide how much, or the budget lah, the budget, then it's hard. Mm. But they won't I tell you what they are not the decision maker, right? But yeah, some of them they really don't have power. Like they're just given instruction, and you just need to follow. It's really administrative, um, law. Yeah, there are a lot. Um, I just remembered that a lot of times, we get clients who ask for ex- expected salary upfront. And then after interview process, if yeah, if candidates change their mind, then eh, no, expected salary was stated as this before beforehand. How can he just change his mind just like that? <laughs> but actually, candidate, it's very difficult to give an expected salary before. I mean, yes, a lot of us can do it because we know what we want. But sometimes when you understand more about the nature of the role, what you'll be giving up in your company, after going through four or five rounds of interview, then okay, la, you, you revise it a bit. I think it's not unreasonable. But a lot of clients think it is very unreasonable and a total no-no and a red flag. And then we don't like this kind of thing. I feel it's quite unfair. La. Yeah, I, I don't like it when clients ask expected salary first. I mean, the candidate hasn't even gone for at least one or sec- one or two interviews to to size up the job and, and the role and expectation. You ask people to come up with the number and of course, the numbers will change la, after the talk, right? And after knowing the benefits that you have. Yes, exactly. It's like you haven't even gone on a first day yet. And then <laughs> the you first ask the sure you want to marry me. Yeah, do you want to marry me? How much? <laughs> <laughs> even even like put it as a dating scenario, it's also feels weird. How much salary? It's like mm. hello. Uh, on the first day, it's like hello. How much uh of the wedding fees your side want to give me? It's oh, like yes. hello. It's yeah, a first yeah, date. Dowry, dowry. Uh, how much dowry do you want to give me? Uh, first date, I ten thousand. Uh, after first date, <laughs> oh. yeah. Expected salary is a very hypothetical thing, actually. So it's yeah, and one thing I didn't like is sometimes, uh, sometimes clients will always ask all the information. Send send me pay slip, well, send me application form, and there are times that candidate will say, "Can I not send first? It's only the first round of interview." Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. 
it's only the first time I interview. I don't even know if I want to work here. I want to take out the job. It's just for me to get to know you. Why do I need to send all this? Why do I need to do all these things? Like, why can't I do it towards the end or the later stage? Yeah. Did you manage to ask the client why? No, they would we, just say HR just procedure. Uh. There's nothing to fight. <laughs> it's hard lah. I think that one is like it's a difficult situation though. Like that one, usually I'll tell them that candidate will give later, and then if they insist, and candidate don't want to give, then okay lah, too bad, move on. Yeah, and I think Andrea, I remember you had this one candidate. Uh, they interview her, they like her, they offer her, but towards the end of the stage, right, suddenly they need to give an assessment or test, a personality test. Oh, yeah, and towards terrible. the end, they rejected her because of personality, right? That's really yeah. tough. They already, we already negotiated everything with the candidate and, and she went for three rounds of interviews and all of the hiring managers liked her. They wanted to hire her. But because the pers- it's not even like you fail a personality test, it's just like kind of like not really matching to what the client thinks your the thinks the right personality is and therefore don't want to hire at all not even give her a chance actually does the client know sometimes still count personality test is not accurate yeah but they their particular client they don't care they don't care they bought the test they give it to the candidate they believe in the test <laughs> so it's and they their justification for not doing the test before all these things is because the test is expensive to administer so they want the candidate to accept the offer first then only we test you and if you don't match our personality the one that we want mm. too bad huh that kind of things happened before yes yeah <laughs> yeah it happens a lot of it's... things are actually this assessment thing is good and bad and it's another type of challenge uh, that we need to manage <laughs> sometimes it feels like if they really realize on the personality it's quite stupid though I think assessment should be used as just a supporting information for you to understand your potential employee better and maybe help you to develop them better. Use it as a developmental tool rather than a decision-making tool. I believe most of the time they use it as a decision-making. And that's that's when things fail. So yeah, these are the things that we go through as a recruiter and we feel today episode we really a lot of ranting what are some skills that you guys have gained through dealing with clients what have you learned I really feel like after dealing with difficult difficult HR sometimes deal with some not that aggressive HR I'm more confident yes (laughs) like oh okay yeah you're only level 2 I've dealt with level 5 aggressiveness (laughs) (laughs) okay okay okay. but I also try to remind myself like hello cannot really push them that way I think I think one thing two things that I actually learned is like one of it is being a bit confident you need a bit of confidence in yourself I think like if they Mm -hmm. do sense like there's no confidence in yourself right they might push you even more and oh, the second thing is that good communication skill. Uh, uh, use the right words, not to trigger them, <laughs> the candidates or the client, and make it more peaceful, towards more peaceful way. Yes. Not and I, to me, I think the tone, the tone when we talk to client is very important. Like we know that it's urgent, right? And if we remain calm and 
calm and collected, right? And we present facts to client, the tone that we use and the words that we use, I think it plays a part as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that I don't think I've learned quite yet, um, but I want to, I guess I'm growing in this area, is to learn how to so-called push back uh, to clients, um, which is very tough. Uh, it's very tough because it depends on the person. And by push back, I mean more of like, you know, if client is being very forceful with a certain idea or opinion, for me to be able to represent the candidate well enough, sometimes it's good to push back and um, tell them like, yes, I hear what you're saying, but this thing instead of like, oh, okay, okay, yes, 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 okay, okay. Um, yeah, so that's something that I want to learn. But what I've learned um, is it's important to communicate your intentions mm. um, by reminding the client, I'm on your side, I want to make this work. Um, mm. And also definitely use facts. Lah. I know like people say don't get emotional. I think emotions, like everyone has emotions, right? The mm. people that we deal with, our clients, they're not robots, they're emotional. So having some level of empathy is important also. Lah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Having some level of empathy and knowing like what are our action points, right? And to tell them that, hey, we are on your side. Let's work it out together. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Right, I think that's mm. all for today. Yeah. That's the end of our ranting session. We hope you get some insight. <laughs> we hope you enjoy <laughs> hearing us ranting. Although it's quite a lot of ranting things, but I yeah. hope this is a very interesting topic to you. Uh, in the meantime, please follow us on Spotify, also Instagram at Recruited Insights. Um, please share our please share our episode on your story. And if you are listen, if you are listening via Apple Podcast, please give us five stars. Uh, if you are looking for jobs, feel free to DM us so we can understand your experiences better. Then we can know what kind of opportunity might be suitable to you. Uh, thank you for your time today. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Navigating through clients and the skills that we have learned through... Eh? No. What's the title again? Oh. Ah?